Hello again. Welcome to another edition of the Green Beige Podcast. That is AJ. Finally got my point right tonight. And he is, yes, he is the green. This is Ken. I am the beige. Welcome to round three of the Green Beige Podcast. As you can see, I am in my Saints colors. The Saints played this weekend and I... I, this this weekend has forced well this podcast has forced me to um, rush the grieving process along because for those of you who have been paying attention this weekend didn't go very good for those of us hailing for New Orleans. This weekend was one where it was pretty much defined by backups and kickers. We had two games that were affected by having to have backup quarterbacks come into the game. And then well, we'll get into the kicking woes of some of these teams. But first, we need to get we need to address the elephant in the room and get all of this Saints conversation out of the way. Because there are many, I'm pretty sure Anybody who's watching this knows a Patriots fan who has absconded from New England and has taken up residence in Tampa Bay. And they are very, very um, happy today. They're in a celebratory mood, whereas the entire state of New Orleans, right? well, state of Louisiana, the city of New Orleans is, is currently you know, feeling a little dumb. So, I'm not even going to start it. Go ahead, AJ. You sure, you sh- yeah. you sure, you, you, sure, sure. you don't want to start this? All right. I'm sure. You go ahead, sir. All right. Well, my brother, I just want you to know, first of all, before I begin this soliloquy, right, I want you to, to know that deep down within me, there is a, a, a part of me that as your friend, I, I do feel for you, right? I, I, I understand your woes. If you realize last night in the group, one of the groups I messaged, I was like, you know what? In all honesty, that's tough luck. You know, I, I, I don't take take very much. Uh, um, I, it's not really a schadenfreude kind of, you know, I don't like to take a, a lot of joy from watching my brethren's team suffer, right? Mm-hmm. No, that, let me take that hat off. No, there's another side of me and and I, I <laughs> just this this is probably this is probably going to be a while, right? Yeah, have a sip. This is going to be a while. No, I, I you, you made reference to Patriots fans being down in Tampa, yeah, which is all well and good, and all, which is cool. I guess you're in line. Like I I do want to see Tom succeed, right? But for me, this is more about conversations that we have had before. This is less about Tom Brady and Tampa Bay more about conversations that we have had before. Ken, I've been told you, your team and that quarterback, and y'all ain't them boys. I told you y'all ain't them boys. Listen, <laughs> I t- this, is, this is a conversation I've been having. I can't remember how long I've been having this conversation with you. I've had it with other Saints fans as well. <sighs> y'all ain't it. Y'all ain't it. Y'all just don't have it. You don't have it. 
And I've been saying this for years, the Saints are not that team. And, and, and I've come under um, immense scrutiny from you all. And every, every year something happens and I would hear a bunch of excuses. Listen, Drubies ain't that quarterback to lead you. He, he wasn't, he's not going to be. I was saying so. He's not the quarterback to lead you. He doesn't have that kind of winning mentality in him. Listen, the only thing this man probably won was tag in the yard when he was, was younger, right? In the school yard. Because he was never it. He was never it. I told y'all years ago, Drew Brees is not going to bring you a Super Bowl. During this season specifically, right? When, when the season began and we had this discussion, when Tom went to the division, obviously it was a talk of the tone. I, I told you, in all honesty, I don't expect the Bucs to, to win the division. The, the Saints have had this division on lock. I expected them to come out as, as division winners still. All right, cool. But I told you that is not the end game. So winning the division is all well and good, but you need to get it done in the postseason. And beating the Bears is not any kind of accomplishment. None whatsoever. I told you all. Everything, you know what? Call me CVS right now because I'm about to pull receipts. Because I've been telling you all this for years, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back because we need to address this, right? Been telling you, Drew Brees and the Saints team does not have that mentality. Let's go back to 2019, the wild card round. Let me, let me try and keep it succinct in a sense, right? Just before the half, y'all were up 10-6, second quarter, about two minutes left. Instead of Drew Brees making the decision to, to basically um, keep the ball out of harm's way and protect the ball going into the, the half with the lead, tries to take a deep shot, I can't remember to who it was, to somebody that was in double coverage, ball ends up getting picked, ball comes the other way, and the Vikings score, and after that, y'all never look back. Now, am I saying that Drew Brees is the reason you lost that game? Of course not. Of course not. But you cannot make those decisions on that stage at that point in time. He had a man over the middle, free, completely free, that would have given you the first down. These are the little things that I have seen from Drew Brees that let me uh, 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 that led me to this rationale. Listen, I told y'all this wasn't going to happen. Year after the year I picked y'all to go to the Super Bowl was the year. It was the same, the, the actual Minneapolis miracle year, right? I said at the beginning of the season, I told one of my boys from Grenada, who's a Saints fan, Pat's Saints Super Bowl. Y'all whiffed. After, after what I saw that year, mind you, the Minneapolis miracle, you could always say that, you know what, that was unfortunate and blah, blah, blah. Drew, Drew wasn't, he wasn't, the, I wouldn't say oh, he was the main reason for that, but the mentality, mentality of the team, the mentality of the team just was not there to win the game, right? And you know, we are going to speak about, we have to speak about the NFC Championship game, right? The, the infamous uh, um, no-call that y'all Saints fans love to cry about so much. As, as, if, as, if, as if Drew Brees didn't get the ball back after that and turn it right back over to the Rams to end up giving them uh, um, a, a good field position and put Jared, Goff, yeah, put Jared Goff in a position where he had to make like two or three plays to put them in field goal position and then Zerline hit from it was like 50-something or something like that to take the game. But then y'all want to go back and talk about uh, a call and this and Ken, the Saints never had it. Year after year, I've been telling you all this. The Saints never had it. Y'all don't have that mentality. And you want to tell me, earlier in the season, you told me, Drew Brees, y'all like to tell that Personally, I feel like y'all have this guy slightly, not highly. Y'all have this man slightly overrated. He's a very good quarterback, but he's not elite. I've said that a long time and I still, I still go, yes, I, I'm going by it. 
you can't make these sort you can't make these sorts of decisions when 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 you have the entire team you cannot be the reason why your team is losing this year he was i'm not saying every year he was this year he definitely was right um you you've been telling me that jubies is y'all telling me that jubies is it all right cool tell me that that Peyton is an exceptional coach and blah 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 and all that kind of stuff one of these men has to be overrated for the Saints to be bowing out like this in the in the um in the playoffs every single season when you have a top defense and you have arguably well not, well not arguably okay arguably the one of the greatest he's no he's one of the greatest he, first ballot hall of famer well deserved and all that right but a quarterback of his caliber and a coach as you 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 all try to tell me of of Sean Payton's caliber and you mean to tell me that that every year something something external happens that causes cause that would cause the Saints not to win something something is a miss here something is a miss listen i just like <laughs> i just like to speak my piece and keep my peace been telling you y'all ain't have it y'all don't have it you won't have it and look chickens come home to roost you were celebrating and you didn't mind when they were jumping up in the dressing room and celebrating beating the Bucks twice and winning the division. I told you, this is not the end game. What did you say? Well, your first job is to win the division. I said, all right, cool, cool, cool. Drew Brees played his last game in the NFL. Drew Brees okay. has played his last. I just, I just, I just like to call a spade a spade. I just like to call a spade a spade. And this man, this man captured your hearts. He captures y'all hearts because <laughs> uh, you all thought he was a, a diamond in the rough, but he does not belong in the elite club. Jubies will go down for his stats. Yes, he does not make plays when plays need to be made. The floor is yours. Okay, so I told you that I'm not. In, I have no intention of eulogizing Drew Brees until he has announced that he's. I, that, that was my job. That was a, I'm, I'm, I'm here for the Drew Brees pity parade. You could go ahead with that. I, no, it's, he's done. It's, he's done. Washed up. Done. What I will say today, in relation to what we saw this week and this season, and I'm sure that we will have an opportunity at some point to come back and do season review, a full recap. So I really want to limit it to what we saw yesterday. Drew Brees was one of the main reasons we lost that game yesterday. We deserved to lose, and we lost. There's, there is no way around that. When you turn the ball over four times with three interceptions, you deserve to lose the game. When you don't get any takeaways of your own, you deserve to lose the game. And I tweeted it out last night. I still stand by it today. Jared Cook needs to leave my building. I've been saying that for weeks now. But one of the weaknesses of the Saints roster is at tight end, which is why when we did not have Taysom Hill this week, it actually mattered. Because you need all of your weapons when you're going into a divisional round game. Now, Ty Montgomery, he tried his best as my backup running back for this game. But he is not Latavius Murray. There's a reason why Latavius Murray was my number two. And Ty Montgomery 
only played when both he and Kamara were out last week. So, yeah, it it stinks. What happened this week stinks. I know that the Tampa Bay um, members of whatever are all celebrating because this game was it was being billed as Breeze versus Brady and Brady has come out on top. Kudos to him. He played a very good game. The Buccaneers defense played an extremely good game where they stymied the run and Breeze's arm is not there. He can't push the ball down the field and I've said it. I said it in week two this season, if you remember, that with Breeze being unable to push the ball down the field, it is limiting what our offense can do. Because it is okay to have Michael Thomas catching 143 balls in the season, but most of those catches are three to seven yards down the field. You need to be able to take the top off the defense to push the safeties back to give you more room to work underneath. It is a wonder that Kamara was able to do as much as he did when everybody knows that if he's getting the ball, he's either getting it in the backfield or he's getting it four yards down the field. But to his credit, he's shifty, he's elusive, he's able to make guys miss, and he's able to make things happen. But everything, every complaint, every issue that I raised about the Saints heading all through the season came to roost in this game. And honestly, there's not much more that I can say about what happened this week. However, the, I must not allow you to get away with saying that Drew Brees is not an elite quarterback. I, Over I, the last three years... I don't want to hear about... I don't want to... I decline has Do been not try stuck. to tell me... Do not come and try to tell me about Drew Brees breaking passing yards and all sort of thing in a regular season and then taking a penalty because he had to stop and hug his kids and all sort of thing. I don't want to hear about that. I want to know what Drew Brees does in elimination games. And that is turn the ball over and not will the Saints to victory. That is what he does. I don't want to hear Tom Brady wasn't perfect last night, you know, but Tom Brady did what he had to do. He was efficient. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, Tom played a perfect game. Even with, even with no picks, Tom was, all he was, was efficient. He didn't do, like, he, there were a couple of times y'all should have actually picked him up. At least, three I think at least one and somebody stepped out of bounds. At least three of them. There were three the, yeah, right. So, they, so they, they, there's one that's clear. There, there was one that was more clear in my mind, right? But mm -hmm. yes, the fact of the matter is, I, you could, that, that's my hot take because I've been saying it for years and I've seen it come to fruition now. That is my hot take. I, I will, I will go down saying that. The man could, y'all going to say elite, start, but to me, elite elite is Brady Rogers. I cannot put the man in that class. I cannot put him in that class. He has to be a tier below them, and I, I can't put him up there with, and especially even like even Mahomes right now. I can't put him up, and I'm talking about the guys that I would have seen. Like, I didn't really watch much Marino and Montana and, and, and them boys, right? Talking about the guys that I've seen. I cannot put him there when every single time in this, in the, in this um, postseason, he plays games like this. Can, so, hold on. No, no, no. You see, I, I cannot. I can't. You want to talk about this one, this one week and this one elimination game, this one year. And I've been saying this for a while. Y'all don't have that mentality and he doesn't have it either. 
It's not like you have you have to get over yourself and excuses at some point and win the game. You can't keep making excuses every year about the rest. Drew Brees got the football back against the Rams and turned it over to them again in good field position. I don't want to hear anything about a missed DPI. Come on, y'all, y'all. There was a missed call against the Bears. We and we discussed that. Um, Cole Kmet had a, not a missed call. Sorry, it was a poor call against him, right? And and took the Bears. Uh, it, they were like something on goal or whatever. Like calls, missed calls, bad calls. They happen. Y'all are a division winning team. Drew Brees is a is a is a regular season and division winning quarterback. That's what he was. Uh, after that, after. After his Super Bowl win, that was what a twenty in twenty ten, yeah, twenty nine, two thousand nine, one nine season, yeah, two thousand nine season, right. After that, mind you, I'm not saying every single year. There were years when the team wasn't good enough to compete, and he was putting up his numbers in the regular season. When you all had teams, and I'm speaking about within the last three to four years, particularly, he ain't done it. He has not done it. By the way, also that wide receiver of yours. <laughs> I was, I was always referring to the man by his Instagram uh, Twitter handle, right? Because it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was fairly funny. But he needs to change that now. His theory has been, has been the spoof. You can't guard Mike, so he ain't no can't guard Mike anymore. You know, can't guard Mike. I my my thing where uh, Michael Thomas is concerned is that it is difficult, especially in this game that just passed to really evaluate him properly because part of the game plan was to take him away. So he was double covered majority of the game. And Breeze can't push the ball down the field. He can't throw the ball with any zip into these tight windows. So I'm not saying I'm not saying it was it was Mike's fault. I'm just saying the name doesn't apply anymore. It's not he's no longer Mike. Because because of one game. Because of the game, because of the because game. of one game, this was the game, and you, I know, I know. Listen, Ken, I know you don't want to admit it, you know, but you know Drew Brees done too, you know, you know it. The man was, um, the man was hanging around, man was hanging around the arena, and be, before he left, you, you could see it in his eyes. He was looking, looking up and waving and blowing kisses, probably to his family before they came on, however. Then he had the moment afterwards with Tom Brady when Tom was still in, still in the zone, always in the zone, like like a like real goat ish. You know, and still threw a threw a dime to Jubri Sunday in the, in the corner of the end zone. And listen, the man always on. Anyhow, you knew it. You saw. It. You could see it. And Drew knows it too because he has nothing left to offer. It was it was dwindling for a for a, a while now. And I called it. I called it. I told you all. I called it. And now y'all know he's done. And I, I, you, you said you don't want to eulogize him until he officially says it. That's fair. I the, the the Drew Brees pretty party is not for me. I told you this was going to happen. All right. Let's move on because <laughs> we could we could spend the whole time talking about Breeze, the Saints, and this game, but oh, I could. I we could. got I could. we we will have opportunities to do that whenever Breeze decides if he's done or not. I personally believe that his arm is not what it, it definitely, he never had a cannon. Mm-hmm. He probably does not have a pistol at this point. So it probably, it would be a good thing for him to go 
at this point. But the Saints are not the Giants. Until he decides that he's done, he is our starting quarterback. When he decides that he's done, then we will do something. We will do something else. Sometimes, sometimes you need to let go in order for the healing to begin, Ken. I'll just, I'll, I'll just leave you with that little anecdote, all right? We can right. move on. We can move on. So, Rams Packers. No, you said that you have um, Aaron Rodgers as an elite quarterback. Nobody will argue with that. And he showed that he is an elite quarterback going up against the number one defense in the NFL. And he beat them to the tune of 32 to 18. Now, as I've said the last two weeks that we've done this, when we speak about the Saturday games, I don't see them. I usually yeah, yeah. get to tune into the games a whole lot later than yeah, yeah. I probably should. Well, not probably should, but for the purposes of what we're doing, I should really be seeing it a lot earlier. But for those who don't know, because of my religious persuasion, I will not see things that happen before sunset. Hence, fourth way, I only turned on this game in the fourth quarter. It was like 12 minutes and 32 seconds left. And when I saw the game, it was still kind of close. I didn't see Aaron Donald on the field very often, but I knew he was coming into this game with an injury. So I didn't expect him to do that much anyway. So what did you see? I saw the Packers ready to win a game. It was... I, I even, even with the score, I'm trying to remember. Be, uh, that was that was the first game, if I remember right. First game on Saturday, yeah. Yeah, first game on this day. So I, I actually, I actually didn't really, honestly, I didn't really take notes because, and when we did our picks last week, I did have the Packers to win. So, I, I kind of wasn't really intently watching this game. I, I, I can't say I was. So it, 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 it's still a bit fuzzy. But that's not the entire game. What I mean to say is that at no point in time to me did it look like the Rams were in control of the game or going to take control of the game. I can't recall that at all. Regardless of the fact of that um, the score at some point was close or whatever the case is, it it just never it just never looked that way. It was after all right, so trying to check it now. Yeah. So it was a field goal apiece at, to end the first quarter. Then Green Bay pulled away in the second, 16. Um, yeah, and after that, like they just it was it was it was kind of basically over from then. And and it it Aaron Rodgers was he was he was ready, he was up for this game. I think the Rams victory over the Seahawks sort of like masked a bit of their issues, and especially with Aaron Donald being out, however, the Seahawks were really just that bad. The Seahawks were that bad in essence, right? And I think that it, it with that come and coming against the Rams defense still being a, 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 like a top defense, it was enough to see them through that game. But they weren't ready for this. They weren't ready for this. Um, and you, we've had this discussion off air already. But you know, once you put pressure on Jared Goff, that's it. Crumbled. Correct. Can't throw the ball. And and they were getting pressure. Um, the, them Smith boys, especially Zedarius Smith, had a heck of a game. Got a heck of a. I, I, I don't even recall his stats. Anyway, I, I just I remember him getting a sack at, a, at an important time too. But yeah, they were getting pressure on him. Um, like you you mentioned, Aaron Donald, he was in and out of the game. Um, you could tell that the injury was still plaguing him. So it was it was a big loss. But 
feel even when he was in, he wasn't much of a difference maker. It could be the injury. It could be that they were doubling him well enough to, to contain him. And I think that was part of it at points. Because um, they, they, obviously, the, you know, a lot of focus is usually on him. So there were clips like showing how they were trying to double him to keep him um, from disrupting, right? Doing his usual stuff. But the Packers are just all over the game, though. Um, my guy T had a decent, he had a decent game. It wasn't, it wasn't a hundred yard game, but you know, he still did what he had to do. Um, he wasn't like Jalen Ramsey wasn't on him for the entire game, to be fair. But I think he did have a catch or two with Ramsey on him. This man, this man's footwork is incredible. This man's footwork is top notch. I kid you not. I mean, the routes, yeah, exceptional, but the footwork, geez, that's the way the man creates separation. I I really like that guy as a receiver. Um I, I just saw a Rams that was ready. Sorry, a Packers team that was ready. They were, they were better. They seemed better coached. They seemed obviously um, higher level quarterback. The defense was good. Everybody and and one thing I think that the Packers did well as well. They used they used the entire running back room. So it wasn't just Aaron Jones who was who was running the ball effectively. They get touches to AJ Dillon. He got into the game a little bit. Jamal Williams, your guy too. Um, no, nah, it was it was a complete and sound sound victory and performance, and it, it was what it was. I I I don't, yeah. It, I'm not surprised in any way, shape, or form, and it it was never really that close. Well, I will understand that if Aaron Donald is not a hundred percent, then it makes it easier to corral him, because I think they were saying that he was one of the defensive lineman in the league who sees the most double teams from yeah. the offensive lineman. Yeah, yeah. And even though he's seeing all of these double teams, he's still able to beat them most often and still get pressures on the quarterback, be it hits, sacks, you name it. So him being injured means that he can't beat the double teams. So if you're a defensive front, which is pretty much built off of the back of Donald can't get there, then you're going to have a very long day trying to corral and contain Aaron Rodgers. Now, I know that outside of Devontae Adams, the Packers really don't have a lot of receivers to speak about. Um, Valdez Scantling drops way too many. Lazard drops way too many. He wide open and dropped one, but then he made up for it with the bomb in yeah. the fourth quarter, yeah. which I which I was able to see when it happened live. So it was solid. I think it was solid. I, but you, you you know that you know, I'm pretty sure I, you 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 know how this goes. You know, there's sometimes moments in games, and you just see one thing, and it just it just sort of feels like a a, a synopsis of how the entire game goes, and you're like, all right, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. When our when Aaron Rodgers pump fake. I think it was Leonard Floyd. Pump fake mm -hmm. Leonard Floyd. Did you see? Did you see the highlight? <laughs> when he pump fake Leonard Floyd, I had Leonard Floyd scrambling like he was trying to to block was, to block us to contest here with no hope. Bro, look that play. That play was when I really thought, all right, yeah, this this is not even a game anymore. This is not a game. Like it, it's, it's a wrap. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Is it was a package trying to, to trying to wrap up? Yeah, a, a practice session. It was it, it was just it was just that kind of day for the Rams. Okay. Well, I think we could shift on from this one because 
yeah, there's nothing else really to be said about that. So in my opening, I talked about backup quarterbacks and kickers, and the kicker is having some problems. So one team that usually doesn't have a kicker problem is Baltimore. And when they were in um, Orchard Park playing against the Bills, some, I guess the weather, the wind, decided that the wind was really swirling on the broadcast. And Justin Tucker, who is the most accurate kicker in NFL history, misses not one, but two. Two field goals. And that is your guy, because usually when we when we in fantasy, that is a kicker that you take. So <laughs> you know, I, I you want, know. I you want to hear what you have to say about about Tuck missing these kicks. I I I you know, I, I don't like to let kickers off the hook that easily because I feel like you have one job and, and you, 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 I feel like you should be learning how to, to kick in these conditions. Like, wind shouldn't be that much of a factor that you should be missing. But at the same time, I, I, can't, I can't blame him because it, it, was, it was kind of visible how windy it was. And <sighs> you could see, like, the ball moving in the air. I was just like, it is... <sighs> Because of how consistent he is, I, it, for, for me, honestly, I, I, I feel like I could not solely blame him for, for the misses. I, at that point in time, you don't want your kicker missing, regardless of the, uh, of the conditions, right? And like I said, I feel like those are preparations you should make beforehand. But it, the thing it, is, though, uh-huh. when you, when you, all right, I am a former soccer player. You're a former soccer player. If either of us would have had much of a hope to get on an NFL roster, we probably would have to be kicking because that's what we're accustomed to doing. Unfortunately, as a kicker, you're, the kicker is the worst for me. The kicker is the worst job on an NFL team because you You'd rather have, be a punter than a kicker? Yeah, I'd rather be a punter than a kicker because with the punter, Majority of the time, you just got to hit it high and you just got to hit it far. It doesn't matter which side of the field you kick it to. You just got to hit it high and far. With a kicker, on the other hand, you're working for points. So when you miss, besides the fact that the team immediately gets 10 yards further up than where, you, than where the ball was snapping from, you are leaving points out there, which gives them an opportunity now to come and score. So... When Top misses those two kicks, I'm telling myself, if he is any other kicker not named Justin Tucker, chances are he is looking for a job next season. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. But it, I, all of that being said, though, is the Rams did not look prepared to, to play Ravens. this game. Huh? Pardon? The Ravens. I said Rams, Ravens, yeah. The Ravens did not look prepared. And and I'll be honest, Lamar was not playing that well. He wasn't. But he wasn't. I'm I'm not I'm not saying it's his fault, but I'm I'm saying overall, like just looking at the totality of it, this is this is another one of those instances where I feel like the kick Justin Tucker of all people missing field goals sort of like summed up their day. They just weren't ready. And the pick that he threw, right? He didn't even disguise the pass that like he was looking directly at at um, Mark Andrews, because as far as I remember, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's a play they run already during the season. So he knew he knew that Andrews was going to be um, on that road, right? 
Mm-hmm. Like, and then... And that's his second pick. It wasn't... He only had one pick? I'm pretty sure he had two. No. Because he, he had one in the first half. Where the... I think... Unless I'm thinking of a different game. Probably, pretty, yeah, because he only had one in this. He had three sacks, but it was only the one pick in this game. Okay, my mistake. It was only the one pick in this, yeah. Um, but yeah, and to get picked off there in the end zone, like can't make you can't you can't make those you can't make those kind of players, yeah. And to to give I can't even who number it was number twenty four. Who was number twenty four? That's Micah Hyde. Um, either way, it I mean it was it was it was a good defensive play as well, but to to he essentially read the eyes of of Lamar and just undercut the the route and jumped in easy easy interception and then. No, it wasn't high because I would remember him because it was a yeah, it was a pick six. Like mm-hmm. you can't you can't do that. And and after that, he he didn't look like he was gonna um make it back into the game. Then they had a situation where he had to leave and it was unfortunate, but he didn't seem ready. And the Bills seemed like a, a, a better oiled machine, a well more well prepared machine. Josh Allen had a slow start, but he picked up, did what he had to do. And it was a another again another comprehensive victory, and the uh, the Bills deserve their win, and that's on me too because that, this was the one game I got wrong this weekend. I actually picked the Ravens. I thought the Ravens would be would be a little more prepared, and they weren't. They just weren't. Well, I know the start of the game sloppy. Um, when Tucker had his his two misses and the scores were three all at the half. And then Lamar's pick six, which went 101 yards, equaling the longest record, but the longest um, interception return for a touchdown in playoff history. And then once he got knocked out of the game with the concussion, it was a wrap. Tyler Huntley, he came into his credit. He did as well as he could. He, you know, he gave us a bit of a Lamar-esque performance with his legs. But as quarterback, you're supposed to do some of this stuff with your arm. And... One of the things I will always say in defense of Lamar is that when you don't have receivers that can get open, like we saw with Tom last year in New England, you will always look ordinary as a passer. If you have nowhere to put the ball, you are going to struggle. And that is part of the problem that the Ravens, not just in this game, but they've had pretty much all season long. And just like with the Saints, the issues that they had all year came home to roost in this game. Let's move on. So your boy Baker took the Browns into Kansas City. Now, I, as I, I had mentioned in, in one of the art groups, I found myself rooting for Kansas City as if they were the Kansas City Saints in this game. Mm-hmm. Or if yeah. they were the New Orleans Chiefs in this game. I guess that if I had to claim a second team, it probably now would have to be the Chiefs. I know you don't feel the same, but the Chiefs are the kind of team that everybody, I guess, except for those who are disciples of New England, will find joy in watching because there's a lot of joy in how they play the game. Now, I did not expect that the Browns would have been able to play them as closely as they did. One of the main things that I expected was that the Chiefs' offense 
would have been able to get out on top of the Browns' defense and force the Browns then to have to play from behind because the Browns are not built to chase the game. The Browns are a ball control, smash mouth, run the ball down your throat offense. So right, if yeah. the Chiefs are able to get ahead and stay ahead, then you would say that the Browns will not be able to run the ball as they like to do. And it showed. Cleveland had 18 yards rushing at the half. And the key play was the fumble that went for a touchback when the Browns were driving to try to get a touchdown before the half. Which, I'm sure that we can talk about that rule, but we'll, we can leave that for another episode. On, 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 I... No, go ahead. I, mean, it's, I, I was so upset on that play, though, because that, that was I was utter stupidity from Rashad Higgins. I'm not, I, I, like, I'm not even blaming anyone else on that play. That was stupidity to the highest degree. There's no way you should be trying to turn and, and die for a pylon when you don't even have your balance. Hold on to the ball, like secure the ball. And, and, and you already have the first down. Like, don't, don't overextend yourself. You already have the first. Just, just step outside or something like even or, or, or just even even if you have to go down there but you're off balance did you saw the you saw the play right yeah of course man is off balance Ken man catches the ball and he's trying to turn he's already slipping and falling and then tries to lunge forward I'm like you, you see you see now why you weren't getting uh that many uh, um targets all, all season Bruh. but I don't honestly right I I have heard you make this statement before, but I honestly don't put as much blame on Higgins as you do for the simple fact that or it's just like it's just like in soccer, right? If you are a striker and you get a ball in the box, your first thought at that point is not who can I pass this ball to? Even if your angle isn't good, your first thought is to shoot because your job is to score. Yes, but your first your first action is to control the ball and make sure you have your balance. That's the but, first thing. Yes, why, you, why, why, why? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, let, I because I need to cut you off there. While 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 your first thought yes is is eventually look uh, yeah I need to get a shot or whatever. If you don't have your balance and you're falling over and you take a shot, that's on you. That's you shouldn't be doing that. If 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 you if you're losing your balance, try to try to maintain your try to get your balance, maintain your balance and control the football. And then if if you don't have a shot, at least you have possession still. And then you pass it off. You you, you try to make another play, but you don't try to do anything off balance. Balance is so key in sports. But balance right. is essential. Do not try to do too much when you don't even have your balance. You don't but know what's going on around you. Like, but all right. Uh, but but okay. So you said that your first job is to control the ball. Higgins caught the ball. He caught the ball and he turned upfield. And he did. And he was falling down, Ken. He was already falling when he decided to look. If listen, if this was like a Taylor Heineke play where he was running in, with intent and then stretch out and then extended to try and hit the pylon, that's different. I'm saying the man was already falling and in 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 a rush of blood to the head, decided, all right, try. Let me try and get here. And then boom, who, who, and and it was sorry, mind you, that play should have been a penalty too. But and I, what I was about to say is that if Sorensen does not make the hit at the time that he makes it, 
if he hits him a split second after, that is a touchdown because that ball was on the shadow of the line when he hit him and he fumbled it out of bounds through the back of the end zone. So right now, we are playing the result. The result of the play was that it was a fumble and a touchback and possession for Kansas City at the 20. But if there was not the tackle, which was a helmet-to-helmet hit, as we both agree, and there was no fumble, it's a touchdown, and we're not having this conversation. The, the thing is, while, while it was happening, I was saying so. I literally was like, well, what, what are you doing? I mean, there, there were a few but, more words that I said inside it that I can't say here. But I was like, what are you doing, sir? You, don't, if, you don't try to do... No, but there's, if there's you a got the six points then, what would you be saying no? It, you know, what would I be saying? I, I, would, I would be saying he risked too much to do that. I would be saying, all right, cool, you get the six points, but that's not a play you should be trying to make. You already have the first down. The important, the important part of that is to get the first down. You didn't have to go for a touchdown. It wasn't a third and goal, uh, and uh, in in the coming to the end of the fourth or something like that. It wasn't. It wasn't. You, you need to have some sort of awareness about you and understand and uh, understand how to play situational football. That was not. About- it was not a good. It was not a good decision. And I can't. I can't blame. I can't blame anyone. The man was wide open. He, he caught the ball. All right, cool. But he in first down territory. Take the down. Take the down okay. and lift it and lift the fight another day. Don't, yeah, don't try but, to do too okay. much. Don't so, try to do too you, much. You, you say take the down, right? But if I remember correctly, that was around or just after the two-minute warning. So time was running out on the half. And if you have an opportunity to score, why why would you decide not to take because the that is selfish? Because then you see, you're proving my point. That's selfish. It is you, not you, selfish. You have to step out of bounds. Your team is going to be marked down at the one yard line, and you have arguably the best running tandem in the league. It would not. And these have... men were going off. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt were having a day. Then the, your team could have scored. This is not about you scoring. It's about your team scoring. But you have to is, understand the team needs to be put into the best position to score. This is not about Rashad Higgins. I hope he gets cut next year for that. I don't want to yeah. jeopardize him my money. I don't want to jeopardize him my money. He can get picked up somewhere else. But if, if the man wants to look, if the Browns uh, and Stefanski would look at him and say, nah, I can't can handle this sort of mentality around this team. Get sort of mentality. Nah, it, it, I, I disagree with you 100% you're, because on this. You're, you're trying to justify the man scoring himself. Listen, it's not... It, it's not necessarily about him scoring himself. The team needs the points. At that point in time, they were behind. If he but scores... In a situation where the team could have still gotten points had he made, made the right decision. If but he had out of bounds, the clock stops, then you're at the one-yard line. They would not have been at the one. They would the not have been at the one. They would, they would, they would the have been at the four. They would have been at the four. Oh, my God. And in any case, in it's any case, you are, st- you're, you're still, you're then saying, because we have these running backs, because up to that point, I don't think Kareem Hunt had really touched the ball, if he had touched the ball at all. Because one of the things that they were talking about in the broadcast was that he did not touch the ball very much in the first half at all. You had pretty much all of the running being done by Nick Chubb. And Chubb was being balled up. As I said, it was 18 yards. There's no guarantee at that point you're going to be taking time off the clock and you're hoping then that at that stage you're going to get the ball into the end zone. When you have a chance, the man has the ball, he turns, 
and he has a chance to get the ball into the end zone, nah, you got to take the chance. You have to make the, you don't. have to try to get the you points. Don't. You don't. Not to die for a pylon then. If you don't even know what's happening around you, you don't know, you don't know what sort of coverage, you, you, you don't know who nearby, why would but you he has, But he has to know that the defender is closing. He's not going to dive if he doesn't, if he thinks that he could just walk in. I feel like everything you're saying proving my point. It's, it's, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because if 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 he knew that still, why did why would he not then try to make sure the ball is secure? I'm I'm trying to say that he he caught the ball yes, but he didn't have enough control of it to make a football play. You know how they talk about making a football play, which is which determines whether a a, a ball is caught or whether it's a, a, a inter uh, not interception, whether it's incomplete or whatever the case is. When somebody gets tackled, right, right. The man did not do enough to make a football play because he was still trying to find his footing after catching the ball. And, and in, in falling over, he decides that the best course of action here is to try and leap forward a few yards to try and touch the pylon. You don't, you, you don't know who around you. Like, like I said, you could have stepped out. And, and you're saying they would have been marked at the four, right? But mm -hmm. if he had caught the balance, he could have stepped out at the one, Ken. He could have stepped out at the one before Sorensen got to him. No, he would not have made it to the one. He would not have made it to the one. The two, you don't split here. The fact of the matter is that it was a bad decision. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, in, in any case, I'm not trying to make it seem like that lost the game for them. I'm just saying, I, I don't like to see players like that because it didn't make sense to me. You, if, if, if you try to do that when you are, when you have full possession, like you're running head on towards the, the end zone, cool. But he didn't. He didn't know what was happening. He didn't know what was happening. He can't make that play there. That's. I. I, I will. I will. I will never get, let him off of that. I won't. Okay. So then the other the other key things that happened in this game, we had Butker. He's the other kicker that, you know, had his struggles this weekend. He missed an extra point. Um, uh, not Al Michaels. Uh, Jim Nance and Tony Romo were laughing. At the fact that he missed from 33 yards, and then he had another field goal from 33 yards yeah. <laughs> that he that he did manage to score, but he missed a field goal, he missed an extra point. Then, but I missed the actual tackle when it happened. I had to see it on replay. Mahomes in concussion protocol this week, and they had to bring in Chad Henney, who was doing okay until he decides. To throw that horrible interception in the end zone. Everybody wants to be a hero. I guess so. But then he went from zero to hero because when they needed 15 yards on third down and they were up 22 to 17, which incidentally ended up being the final score, Henny runs for 14 yards and then he hits Tyree Hill for two yards on the fourth and one. And they win the game. And and you, you, and you know what I took from that? I, I don't care. I give Chad Henney like 10% credit on both of those plays. 10%. Andy Reid gets 90% of that for me. Because he knew uh, um, that, that that is well coached because those, those players were well designed to be carried out with someone with limited ability. The limited ability of Chad Henney. I, I, don't, I, I, I don't care. I mean, you, you could try and spin that however you want. And like I said, 10, 10%. It was a decent run. So I give him 10%. That was, that was well coached by Andy Reid. I, I think I, I, like, and, Andy, Andy Reid Andy has this thing read over. Though. 
No, but the thing is, what has me is that you're saying you're giving Henny 10% on a quarterback scramble because it wasn't a design quarterback run. It wasn't a quarterback keeper. He took the ball. Nobody was open. It was man-to-man down the field. And he took off. On the left. But yeah, but then didn't they have didn't they have everyone on the right basically to, to, to try and pull the defense to that side, if I'm remembering correctly? So a they basically the, left the left, huh? A lot of the roads did go to the right. A lot of the roads did go to the right. But it was still so you see they didn't design that? It was but it's man to man coverage though. Even if they're playing it in zone, then maybe somebody gets free. But it's man to man and everything is covered. And then he looks and is like, oh wait, all of this grass in front of me. Let me get on my bike and start running. And he runs for 14 yards. So you know what I mean? So like that recognizing that nobody is free, not forcing the ball in a situation where you know that you need to pick it this first down because if you leave time on the clock, well, Baker did throw a horrible interception at the beginning of the half. Your guy. Um, if you give him back the ball, there's a possibility that they're going to come down and score. So you need to make sure you have to ice this game right here, right now. And he runs and picks up 14 yards and you only give him 10%. From, listen, from what I remember about that, like I said, they were trying to draw everybody to one side. I'm not saying that that Henny didn't have to improvise, but all right. So he realized there was no one to throw it and he ran where there was no one and where he knew um, that the 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 linebackers or who, who whoever it was that is like tons heavier than him won't catch him. I'm, I'm giving the mailman credit for delivering the, the meal. He's, it was it, I give him the ten percent he deserves. I can understand that for the fourth down play, but not for the third down play. <laughs> he deserves more credit for the third. Nah, not from me. He ain't gonna get it from me. He ain't gonna get it from me. He yeah, has, that's a solid ten percent. A solid ten percent. Tough. And you read is and you read is a true genius behind it. Tough crap. All right. <laughs> so anytime that we have left, no, we know championship weekend is set. We have Green Bay. They're going to be hosting the Florida boys to come up in the cold. The weather they've been they've been saying all through the broadcast is expected to be twenty degrees. And snow showers. So, I expect, I can go first here now. I expect that Green Bay is going to win this game. While they don't have a corner at the level of a Marshawn Lattimore, I believe that they still will have enough to bottle up um, Mike Evans to keep him under control. Godwin, for some reason, his hands just not working that great. He had the um, the finger injury earlier in the season where he had the, the screws in. I feel like if he was catching better with the screws, then he's catching right now. So we have to wait and see what he does. Right now, Antonio Brown is supposedly dealing with a knee injury. They're, they're not sure what condition he's going to be in for the next game. But on the other side, well, Tampa ran all over Green Bay and gave them the worst loss of the season. That's going to be motivation for Green Bay coming into this game. They don't have a cornerback that can cover Devante Adams one-on-one. And then you got to hope for the best with Marcel Valdez-Scantlin, Alan Lazard. I think Robert Tunyon is going to be a factor in this game because when they try to take Taylor, 
then Tanyan is going to be then the number one option, and you still have to consider that Aaron Jones is coming over to the backfield. I don't see Tom Brady winning this game in the cold, even though he may still be kind of accustomed to the cold. The rest of that team is not because they don't play January football. So I am all in on the Packers to be the NFC representative for the Super Bowl. I, I, and that's a sound analysis. That's a sound analysis. And if I didn't pick the Bucks at the beginning of the season to represent the NFC, I would completely agree with you. But I can't change my mind now. I can't change my mind now. I have to run with it. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick, I'm going to stick to my guns. And again, I'm going with the Bucks. I, I, I think you have a point with the cold weather and that will be the biggest factor, but um, I am um, I'm going to give the Bucks the, the benefit of the doubt that the momentum that they started to, to develop in December and coming into the playoffs, that they will be able to carry that through. The offensive line is um, over the, it was yesterday, yeah, was incredible. Tristan Wirfs had an amazing game. Mind you, as as much as like we just we spoke at length ad nauseum about the about that game, right? But the player player of the game to me was actually Devin White, um, in that Bucks defense because he had he had a pick. He had I think it was a lot. It was the last pick of the game. Yeah, the, yeah, the one that was uh, uh, supposedly for Kamara had a pick. He had uh fumble recovery, and I think he had like ten tackles or something like that. Like he had an amazing game. I, I, I agree with you. I don't feel like the in terms of the secondary is enough to handle Tay, but even if Tay goes off, I I I don't have faith in the others. I think the offense is picking up. And you mentioned the you mentioned the three big guys in terms of the Evans, Godwin, and A B. But the two biggest players offensively by wide receivers in that game were made by Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller. These guys are just, they don't need to have six or seven catches a game. They could come up with one or two each, and it could be big players. And Tom Brady seems to have built a, a good enough rapport on that level with them. I, I feel like this momentum carries through, and I have, I'm going to have to stick. I'm going to have to stick with the Bucks. So, again, we'll be on opposite sides of this one. Okay. No problem. And then... We have the two young guns. We got the two old boys on the NFC side. It was interesting how the, the playoffs shaped up. You had the all the youngsters over on the AFC, and the old boys was battling it out on the NFC side. So now on the AFC side, we got hopefully Mahomes, who I'm hoping is going to be fit for this game, going up against Josh Allen and the Bills. Now, last week we had talked about the Bills not really being able to defend the run, but they were able to stymie the run this game against the Ravens and they don't have that level of a rushing attack coming into this game. I still don't think that Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs are enough to keep up with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Hill, Mikael Hardman, and Sammy Watkins if he's fit. And when you can go through all of these weapons and then get to Sammy Watkins, like, Le'Veon Bell has not really done that much since he's been in Kansas City, but he hasn't needed to. 
the offense has been able to to still get through with limited production from the running back position. Daryl Williams has been pretty good since he's been there. And like he started this last game and like I, I even mentioned it in some of our chats. Like Daryl Williams gives them more burst than Le'Veon does. Yeah. Le'Veon yeah. looks more labored in his running now, I find. So he doesn't look the same. He definitely yeah. doesn't. So I like I said, I was rooting for them. Like if they were the Kansas City Saints or the New Orleans Chiefs. So I'm sticking with the Chiefs for this game. Uh, yeah, I want to go against it here too, you know, but I don't think I can. <laughs> now nah, my head, my head, my head wouldn't let me go against the Chiefs here. I mean, you mentioned all the weapons. And, I mean, I, I, I don't feel like there's any way Mahomes is going to miss this game. And, and the fact that he was actually, he actually ran off the field himself um, to go to um, the locker room to get checked out. I, I believe that he'll be ready for the game. And I was just talking, I was just, I was just really talking up Andy Reid. And <laughs> as, as, I, I can't I can't I can't see Andy Reid being outcoached. I can't see Kansas City being outplayed. And last week then well Darrell Williams was he was decent last week, but Edwards Hilaire should be back this week as well, too. Which is a, a, another added weapon. And I think it's too much. I think it's it is too much for the Bills. Like the, the Chiefs been here before, man. They've been here before, and I, I think as 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 mentally, as, as much as you can possibly mentally prepare for the Chiefs on tape and for this kind of stage and this kind of game, I I feel like the Bills could put up a good enough showing like the Browns did. Because to be honest, the Browns held their own despite everything, right? Because mm-hmm. they, they still did have some good um some good end zone stops to, to keep them Kansas City from running up the score and they had to take three points on that kind of thing. I feel like the Bills can keep it respectable and close, but they're not going to win this game. This is Chiefs. Yeah. So that brings us now to the end of our discussion tonight. We have lots of other things that we could talk about, but somehow maybe next week we'll have, well, we're getting down to the business end of things. We only have two games to talk about, one game to preview, which we may not even preview because we have another week I think we still have two weeks between Championship Weekend and yeah, Super Bowl Weekend. Yeah. There's no Pro Bowl this year. Well, no physical Pro Bowl. I think they're supposed to be playing it on Madden or something like that. We'll really? see. That's what yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Pro Bowl players are being loaded into Madden and then they're just going to like simulate the game. And yeah, I mean, whatever. <laughs> like, sure, Indeed. Cool. Indeed. So yeah, thanks again to everyone for checking us out. Please rate us, review us, subscribe to the pod, tell a friend. We are you know, three episodes in and we're looking to keep going. We want to keep going. So that is it for us for tonight. And we shall see you.